morning, everyone. Let's bow in prayer and ask God to really be with Janice. Father God, here we are. We are your women. We are your princesses. We are here to hear your word today, Father. Thank you for giving us the book of Colossians along with all the other words in your holy book. It is there for a reason, and it is full for us, Lord. I pray that you or Holy Spirit will open our minds because if you don't do that, it will just be words on a page. So I pray that for each one of us, you will open our minds, show us what it is that you have for us today, help us to see it, to be comforted, to be taught, to be challenged. And I pray especially now for Janice as she opens your word to us, Lord, give her wisdom, strength, words from you, not just human words, Father. May we hear from you this morning, I pray, and we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carmen. Okay, let me get situated. Lots of stuff. Welcome. Welcome back to all of you who have been a part of Women's Bible Study last year, and for those that are new, it's so great to see some um, new faces here this morning. We are launching in to the book of Colossians. Um, so how did you tell the truth from the, the lie from the truth in the game this morning? How did you figure that out? Yes, process of elimination of plausibility. Yeah, Alexa. You had to already know something else about that. Yeah, you had to know the person, or you literally were just guessing, because you couldn't tell the truth from the lie. Well, that game was very intentional. I hope it didn't cause too much anxiety to have to think of a lie about yourself. I thought of something that I wished were true about me. Um, I said I had a nose ring in college. I didn't. I wish I had. I wanted to get one, but I was in children's ministry and didn't feel like that. the parents would have appreciated that. Um, <laughs> But playing that game was very intentional because um, Paul writes the letter uh, to the Colossians to deal with false teaching, a philosophy, as he calls it, in chapter 2, verse 7, that was threatening the church. Paul writes to guide the church in telling the truth from a lie. And the central way he does this is by pointing to the person of Jesus Christ. One commentary noted that the book of Colossians is the most thoroughly Christocentric book in the Bible, which I've never thought about. But if you read it, the phrase in Christ or in him referring to Christ or in the Lord uh, is used 23 times in four chapters. Christ, knowing Christ, is central in telling truth from lie. What the philosophy was in, that was going on in the, um, in the community at Colossae is unclear. It's never directly spelled out by Paul. There are a lot of theories about what was going on. Um, there are different issues alluded to in the book, um, questions about food and drink, what festivals to observe, asceticism and angel worship. You can kind of read about some of those issues in chapter 2, verses 16 through 19. It seems that it did have something to do with Jewish influences, but that doesn't explain all of it. Um, the best explanation I came across that was helpful for me in thinking about maybe what was going on was in my ESV study Bible, um, which I love. It's 
I don't know why it's so heavy and I bring it to church every Sunday. It's so big. But I had a great introduction on this book. And it um, gave the possible context in Colossae as both local Jewish influences as well as pagan folk belief. Um, it explained that a central feature of local folk belief at the time was a tendency to call on angels for help or protection from evil spirits. Um, it cites an artifact that was found in the area, an amulet that was worn around the neck that read, Michael, Gabriel, Aurelio, Raphael, protect the one who wears this. Flee, O hated one, Solomon pursues you. So this is calling upon angelic beings to protect the wearer. So what likely happened as this introduction um, commentary offers is that at Colossae there was a a shaman-like figure um, within the church that attracted a following um, and was acting as a spiritual guide. Perhaps claiming to have superior spiritual insight, this person, the him, Paul actually refers to in 2.18 when Paul says, puffed up without reason by his sensual mind. So this him or his, this person, was advising the Christians at Colossae to practice certain rites, rituals, uh, various practices to protect from evil spirits or affliction, along with other practices, asceticism, to grow in spiritual insight and maturity. Whatever the actual source of the false teaching was, the main thrust of the false teaching that Paul is countering is that Jesus isn't enough. That's the main thrust of the teaching. Jesus isn't enough. It's and. You must do this and this and this. But the truth is, he is enough, as our study is entitled. Big words. He is enough. The issues addressed in Colossians may not seem very familiar to us. I haven't heard of angel worship around um, in my experience. But the problem is the same. What are the voices that are trying to present themselves as truth as we follow Jesus? What are the elements that are coming at us, waving at us, right, Should we follow this or this or this? What do we believe as true? What is true? What is false? This isn't just a first century problem the church was facing. It's a 21st century problem we face today as we seek to follow Jesus. And Paul writes to remind the Colossians and us of their and our identity in Christ. That phrase, in Christ, is so crucial. And all that we possess because of who Christ is and what he has done for us. And the picture Paul paints of Christ in Colossians is dramatic. Lord of creation. Lord of redemption. The fullness of God. The one who holds all things together. The head of the body, the church. The firstborn from the dead. The supreme powers, power over all powers. So no angels are needed for our protection. Christ is sufficient. It goes on and on. The first two chapters, as they unpack who Jesus is, is glorious. It is a rich book that we're going to take our time to soak in. 
If you were here last year for the study on Isaiah, that was a marathon. (laughs) Really long. It was glorious in its own right, but it was just, we just kept going and it just 66 chapters, 25 weeks. It was a lot to take in. This study, I hope, will be a slow stroll. We're going to take 10 weeks for four chapters. Doesn't that sound glorious? I'm really excited. Um, We hope there's a spaciousness to it where we can really sit with these words from Scripture. It's why I wanted to sing the song that Jamie sang as a solo um, during the offertory on Sunday. Word of God, speak. Would you pour down like rain? And the words, all that I need is to be with you and in the quiet, hear your voice. That's our longing. That's our longing. um, You have a little verse card on your table for those that want to take this home. Paul encourages us, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That is what our aim is. That is what we are hoping for, to just dwell in, soak in God's word, and to have some leisure in doing it. And what could be more timely than sitting with the truth that Jesus is enough? So, a quick overview uh, to our study guide. I know everyone, not everyone got one of these. I'm so sorry. Somehow we had an oversight on getting enough for today. Um, Hopefully you'll get chapters copied of the first, um, and we'll definitely have them by next week. Okay. Um, So, we're hoping this study guide has something for every woman and whatever age or stage or time constraint um, you find yourself in that will help you access God's word through the book of Colossians. It's a six-week study that we're breaking up over ten weeks. Um, In most weeks, you'll have two weeks to sit with one week's study, which is lovely. Um, And each week has two ways, prompts to engage scripture in two ways to do that. So uh, there's a snack on the go in the beginning. So it's broken up weekly and daily studies. So there's a snack on the go, which gives you a smaller portion of scripture and ways to reflect on it throughout the day. And then there's a feast at the table section, um, which is an inductive approach to studying scripture. Um, And the feast, F-E-A-S-T, stands for something. So on page 12 of your study guide, if you have it, um, I'm just going to kind of go through this real quick. She kind of has these sections as part of the study for each day. So the F is focus on God. Um, it's a opening in prayer, uh, some scripture passage she presents to have you kind of sit with and just centering yourself um, in God's presence before you begin. E is engage the text, read and observe scripture. A is assess the main idea, interpreting the scripture. What does this mean? Uh, S, spark transformation. So that's the application section. How do I apply this to my life, where I am right now? And then I love this last part, T, turn to God and worship. To recognize, really, that our hope is... um, So our hope is not just that we're um, filling our brains with information, right? Um, But that we are seeking transformation that moves us into worship and glorifying God. Um, That that is our end goal, is to glorify God and to live a life pleasing to him and um, being formed in the image of Christ. Paul says that in this book, that he wants to present us mature in Christ. 
she um, recommends or states in the study in this intro, and we say to you, do not feel obligated to fill every blank, please. Um, as a type A person, I feel this need to be a good student and fill it all in. Um, respond to what speaks to you and pass over what doesn't. Uh, the fee section is pretty intense. There's a lot of questions. Um, there's a lot of material she gives you. You do not have to do all of it. So I would just say stay with what's speaking to you. Um, I actually am really liking the snack on the go section because um, it's just a slower pace. But if you also, in the feast section, can really kind of unpack some of the meat. But each day is going to look different. We feel like there's a lot of variety in ways you can engage scripture in this study. So we're really excited to find it. Hopefully you'll find it helpful too. What we're hoping with ultimately is that you'll just sit with God's word to you from Colossians and listen to what he's speaking into your life, what it's holding in light of your context, in light of the context of the world that we live in. We are hoping this year, um, as always, wanting to expand our thinking, our engaging of the text, our wonderings beyond just our own immediate uh, concerns of our day to the social issues surrounding us that we may or may not come up against in our daily lives. And we're going to have some extra prompts in our small group time to hopefully engage that piece of beyond just our life here into the world. Um, as part of that, we really um, we just want to listen to what God is saying to us um, and how he's calling us to live as his faithful people in the world through this book. So are there any questions about this study guide? Um, there's a, Come whether you've done it or not. Just we want to show up. There's no, we're not keeping score. We're not checking off whether you've done your homework. We don't want it to feel like homework. We want it to um, just be a way in which we can enter into scripture. If nothing else, just read the section from Colossians. Um, you'll notice uh, at the beginning of every week, there's a, um, there is a coloring page of a verse that is another way I can get to it each week to sit with the scripture, um, which I think is sort of a fun, delightful, for those of you that um, find that artistic um, engaging of scripture helpful. I will continue to do verse cards, though, um, for those that want them. I find it helpful to have those small little cards throughout my house um, just in my daily life, so those will also be available. Probably different, sometimes different than the verse in here. It'll be whatever the teacher that week um, God sort of brought to mind as one to hold. As far as the schedule, pull that out. You'll notice the yellow sheet here, and hopefully we won't have to make a bunch of amendments this year in reprinting. Um, you'll notice that we'll have, so our rhythm will be that we have, uh, we enter in here, we have worship, um, teaching, followed by small groups. This year, they're the same age and stage. And then we have small group special days that hopefully the weather will be kind to us this year and we can enjoy all of these through the fall. But we've added a new element this year to our rhythm in studying of God's word. Twice this semester, we will um, come together to do uh, a Lectio Divina, which is just a slower meditative reading of scripture that you'll be led through um, out of the book of Colossians. And then we're going to give you um, time for individual solitude time with Jesus. 
just get to go through anywhere you want to in the church or outside if it's a lovely day. Uh, I encourage you to bring your Bibles, your journals, if you have one for these days, whatever helps you to be in that quiet space with Jesus. Um, our hope is that you'll have um, be able to soak in in that sort of morning apart uh, time with your Lord um, in a way that will feel really delightful. Um, any questions about schedule? Yes, Sarah. We're still trying to figure out the Lectio Divina Solitude days. Um, it'll either have an element with your small group or coming back together in some kind of um, processing, we hope, of the time. And we recognize that that may feel uncomfortable for some people having not done more contemplative Lectio. You'll be led through it all. There's, you just show up. That's all you have to do that morning. Just show up. Um, those days and we'll have a section from Colossians that we're just going to sit in a little more deeply and God may pull you somewhere else we're just wanting you to have some space um, to really have individual solitude time with the Lord So, anything else? I try to make the introduction brief because what I would really love to do is read through the book of Colossians with you in one sitting um this is how the Christians at Colossae would have received this word. They wouldn't have had their own individual one. They would have sat in a community, and they would have had this letter read over them. And um, these words from Paul that are really words from the Lord, through the, uh, from God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And since the book is short enough, we're going to do that. So put your stuff down. Um, I'm going to read chapter by... I'm going to read the whole thing. And um, I'm going to read a chapter and then pause for a moment to play a song from Andrew Peterson called All Things Together. And um, it's a book, it's a song directly from, inspired by Colossians. So, (coughs) and we are going to listen to God's word to us from Paul to the Colossians. Let's get my phone ready so that Hear God's word to you, his people. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, 
according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, and now revealed to his saints, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love. 
to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity bodily dwells, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you die to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings? These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body but they are of no value in stopping the indulgences of the flesh. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. 
Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Father, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly master, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back with the wrong he has done, for there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. 
Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Tychius will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place. Aristarchus, excuse me, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the brother of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he's worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Aeropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does Demas. Give my greeting to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her home. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you have fulfilled the ministry that you have received from the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting from my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. What would our lives look like if we really lived into that truth that he holds all things together? What would it look like if we really lived from the place that Jesus is enough? In our daily lives, he is enough. In our relationships, the good and the hard, he is enough. In our joys and our sufferings, he is enough. Sorry. For the needs in this world, for those suffering in the Bahamas in places of war and upheaval, he is enough. For the injustices in so many places in this world, in our own community, in Durham, he is enough. He's enough to hold and guide us, friends. He is enough to hold and guide those we love, 
our spouses, our kids, our parents. He is enough to help us have insight into our neighbor's needs and show us the way to love and care and be a witness. He's enough to expand our vision of his justice in this world and his work in the way in which we are called into it. He's enough. We are going to sit with that truth and let it transform us. Let's pray. Gracious God, it is overwhelming to read your word and your work in Jesus Christ and not just be blown away and undone. To comprehend the God in the highest of heights who came so low to the depths to reclaim us, to take on our sin, to die our death so that we might rise again with Christ and live into a life of freedom and love and truth. God, we pray that you would help us this fall over these next 10 weeks. That you would speak, God. We beg you, we pray, speak to us, Lord. That we might be changed. That we might walk with you more intimately and faithfully. Thank you for each person that is here. And I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would come upon them and that you would go with each of us as we enter into our day and the weeks to come as we sit with this word, your word to us. God, we look forward with eager expectation of what you will do. In Jesus' name, who holds all things together. Amen.